Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leela. And we are Both And. A podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the multiracial experience in America by discussing relevant topics in a safe place. Hello, everyone. Happy Multiracial Monday. Yes, alliteration. It's Monday. This is a thing we're trying out. How do you like it, Beth? I love it. Let's yes. go with it. We're so excited. Um, a listener wrote in and we loved everything she had to say. She is from a monoracial background and just told us a little bit uh, about her experiences and how she is learning a lot and how her eyes are open to the multiracial experience. So last week we posed the question, what are ways you can support your loved ones on their multiracial journey? And so she responded with the monoracial perspective, um, talking about her journey and um, just where she was coming from and how she's been receiving the podcast and some of the things we're learning. Yes, and I love that she said, always say in situations like this, you don't know what you don't know. And I think this only rings more true the older I get. The more I think I don't know, the more right I become. And that is just an amazing way to look at the world, to be open to others' experiences, um, and to just receive. So thank you, listener. We love you. You are loved. How have you been feeling about everything going on in the world and the news lately? Always disastrous, but <laughs> there, That's real. there's a lot of good going on. Um, something that recently happened was, have you seen the story about the guys, the two black guys who were like kicked out of Starbucks yeah. just because they were sitting there? So that is to be expected in America. No offense, America. I love you. Um, but I think what really captivated my attention was the response afterwards. There was a lot of people who wanted to boycott Starbucks. There were a mm -hmm. lot of people who were just upset. And I personally think Starbucks responded very well. They tweeted out like an apology to the individuals. And then they took the steps to, um, to train. They're going to train their employees. They're going to shut down the store one afternoon for implicit bias training and like racial profiling training so their employees will be aware of those things mm -hmm. and i was like yeah man like that's a great response like thank you so much but i saw all this backlash where people were like who's doing the training like this isn't enough this won't fix the problem blah blah blah, blah. and it's just like people were in my opinion just so ready to stay mad and angry yeah and it didn't seem productive or helpful because when they did release the curriculum and like who help them write it it was like mm -hmm. the people who should be helping them write it oh yeah yeah it's not just a bunch of starbucks ceos like who have no idea mm -hmm. um so it, it's just this interesting thing and i think you've mentioned it before where it's like some people really just don't want allies yeah so i guess some people don't want allies that's um something that the media has been talking a lot about um in different forms of entertainment like the get out movie mm -hmm. um we have a mutual friend who was talking about how um as an ally they were really discouraged by that movie and just that was wasn't very hopeful for allies to be able to support or help or mm -hmm. lend a hand in any way um then you have the black panther movie who combats the non-ally perspective hmm. Um, and so you just see these two different divides of people who want to see change and people who want to learn, who are eager to learn, and allies yeah. who want to help. Um, and then you have people who have a different view on how to fix the problem. Yeah. 
Um, I agree that the trainings aren't necessarily going to fix the problem, but I think they're a start. Mm-hmm. And you have to start somewhere. Yes. Um, and their willingness to even do this and offer this, I don't obviously don't know the motivation behind it. You know, they're probably doing it. They could do it for a show of good faith. Mm-hmm. They could do it so they don't lose money or become the black sheep of the media or whatnot. Um, but it's still a start and it still mm-hmm. could plant seeds. And so yeah um, we'll see how they continue to handle and respond and um, to these kinds of things that pop up yeah we're going to talk about people who do want allies in a loving way that's right everyone we're talking about interracial relationships today ow, ow. so with us we have a guest who's been sitting so patiently and so quietly and i like to call him will Hey. <laughs> Beth likes to call him husband. Hey. <laughs> yes, I only refer to you as husband. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's happy to be here, y'all. Um, uh, not just for Beth, but um, just really admire y'all's friendship, admire the dialogue you guys are trying to start. Um, and I, I think I, I've witnessed a lot of it, you know. I've witnessed a lot of these things, and... Um, I've lived a lot of it as, as an interracial couple um, for the past few years and, and for the past nine months of marriage. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah, excited to contribute, excited to throw my hat in and, and talk about it together. Mm-hmm. And since this is a audio format, Will, why don't you tell the people how you identify racially? <laughs> yeah, um, I identify uh, racially um, partially because I'm a monoracial individual. Um, I identify as an African-American, um, a black American individual, aspiring Wakandan individual. Amen. Um, Wakanda forever. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and, and I, I've, always, I've always identified that way. Um, society hasn't really given me much of a choice as a monoracial individual, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. society sees me a certain way and, and I was raised to, to view myself a certain way. And so, um, black. Um, I, I view myself as, bla- as a black American. All right. Yeah. And how did you two end up meeting? Yeah, yeah uh, way back when. Um, it was love at first sight for, for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we met in high school, um, and it's not your typical like high school love story, sweetheart, um, all-American story. Um, I, I saw Beth from across the way, and I had heard about her, and um, I was interested. She wanted nothing to do with me. Dang, um, cold. Uh, but I, I wore her down. Um, <laughs> I, I, I pursued her for a little bit. You make it sound like I was the cool one in this situation, whereas Will was part of the popular crowd, and I was that like obscure girl who like sat in the corner of classrooms and was just like, "Why are you talking to me?" Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but, I, I think we uh, we definitely came from two different social circles. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I think we we came from different worlds in a lot of ways. You know, not just socially. I mean, culturally. You know, um, our interests were also very different. So the yeah. diversity of thought there as well. So. Yeah. Um, we met when we were 14 mm-hmm. in, we had English and history together. But there was so much chemistry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you, I guess when you first saw me, what did you think I was ethnically? Ooh. I, I knew automatically, I knew you weren't monoracial, right? I, I, and I, I don't think I had that vocabulary back then. Um, I was 14. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I immediately knew um, that, that she is she is multiracial in some way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> as we became friends, I, I think I, I've witnessed a lot of the guesses that you get, right? People are often <laughs> like, 
Hawaiian or like Hispanic <laughs> or you know and I get Greek um, sometimes yeah no I can see that's that that's cool <laughs> um, um, so I mean I didn't know and, and I think if I'm correct I, I, I didn't waste time in, in, in investigating and trying to ask you, you know? yeah you didn't um, I don't know if I asked the like what are you question um, no um, but uh, I, I knew you were you were multiracial um, I assumed biracial in some way shape or form um, and um, I figured I would learn as I got to know you so yeah. And didn't you say, I don't know if you said this on the podcast or if we just talked about it in person, Will was the first person to, like, give you the language yeah. about being biracial? Was that true? Yeah, we were sitting, um, so, as Will said, we were part of two different friend groups, so the way our, cl- our like, desks were set up in class he and i would sit next to each other and then our friend groups would sit on the other sides of us <laughs> so we were the bridge between the friend yeah. groups oh, nice. so will was talking to some of his guy friends and was saying something he was yeah like my girlfriend's biracial and it was part of whatever conversation you were having and you were bragging about that and i was like <laughs> oh yeah i guess we are in a biracial relationship and like went about my work and then i stopped and i was like well i guess it's a tri-racial relationship yeah. he yeah. should have said that oh no he was talking about me i'm biracial yeah, yeah. And, and i mean i don't know i don't think that i i had some unique insight back then you know mm-hmm. um i just think um and maybe it was a little bit of how i raised right that that um, in the um, black community often early identifiers are based off of race right mm-hmm. like i've heard my parents for years say like oh like that white lady over there oh, <laughs> you know and um, kind of just that that surface level identifier tends to be about about your race and so um, I think I put two and two together and realized you know this girl I'm interested in this girl I'm attracted to um, the surface level identifier isn't immediately obvious you know mm. and so um, I, I started using the biracial language because it made sense um, mm-hmm. and um, little did I know it, it was actually probably a more accurate um, description of you than most people were giving you at the time so yeah, yeah. So from the beginning, would you say, did you guys, it sounds like you didn't discuss race a ton, but it was at like anything before you started dating or did it come up early in the, your dating relationship? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> I think it came up, not necessarily between us, right? It came up with like families. And things like, mm-hmm. that. like around us. Yeah. So I remember like talking to my family, right? And, and telling them about Beth and, and you know, and. I think it's always weird to tell your family about someone that you're you're seeing. Um, and uh, I remember feeling the need to express early on, right? Like, hey, just heads up, like she's not black. Uh, <laughs> I was so the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom, um, I was 14, and I like my mom was cool with me dating at my mom's house because, as I mentioned before, my parents were divorced. My dad's house, I wasn't technically allowed to date until I was 16. And so we started dating when we were 14. And dates are hard to have if you're lying to your parents and you can't (laughs) drive. Oh, man. Um, So I told my mom, slash my best friend told my mom when I, before I wanted to. And my mom just turned to me and she goes, so tell me about him. What does he look like? And I was like, He's tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) And my mom goes, so he's black. And I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, cool. Um, And I guess for some reason I was like, I know my family's going to be fine with him being black. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because my parents were obviously in an interracial relationship. Um, And 
but I was like, I just don't want them to be overly cheesy and feel like they have to overcompensate because mm. he's going to be uncomfortable around us. Mm. Which is why I was like, I need to wait so they can get to know other things about him. Because mm-hmm. if the first thing I tell them about him is the fact that he's black, that's going to be their go-to when they run out of conversation topics. Yeah. So if I'm like, oh, like he's a musician, um, he's really smart, he likes baseball... You know, things that I knew that they could have mutual topics in contact with, mm-hmm. um, in common with, then um, that was kind of my approach. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, you know. I mean, especially, <laughs> I, I, we did keep our relationship a secret for a while. Oh. And, and I always, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've teased Beth about this for a rag. I, for the longest time, um, thought that she was keeping this here because I was black. Uh. But you never confronted <laughs> me about yeah, it. Never? Oh, no, not at all. Like, you, know, you never I asked why are you keeping it a secret? And I was like, because technically I'm not allowed to date. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is interesting, you know, I, I think that was very wise of you as a teenager, right, to think, like, how can I establish connections other than race between my family and this guy that I like, you know? I mean, um, you still have awkward racial encounters with oh, my parents. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and we're all so. learning, yeah, we're all learning, you know, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we have... We have come a long way since that those early stages of, of trying to subtly drop hints, you know, that yeah. we are in an interracial relationship. So you guys now, is it nine years or eight? eight We've wait. been together nine years. It's been since 2009. Mm-hmm. So um, in that time, have you learned anything new about each other? Like about the cultures, about race, like through your experience together? A lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I Like, b- black culture is super in right now, right? Like, yeah. like black Twitter is just, like, sub-community sub of the so internet, fun. right? And like, it just, it's just awesome. It, it's lit 24 hours a day, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, I think in that, um, black culture can be very insular, right? Like, it can be very, mm-hmm. very um, inward-facing. Um, and so... Um, coming from a community like that and then falling in love with Beth and, and being introduced to not one but two communities because Beth is biracial, right? She comes from two different households, two different backgrounds, two different cultures, you know. And, um, um, I had to learn a lot, you know. Um, yeah. and, and, and I will say, right, to, to give every aspect of your, your, cult, your, um, your family credit, right, it wasn't just I had to learn a lot about Japanese culture, right? Like, there are a lot of things about white people I learned, too. You know? <laughs> just hanging out with, with, with your mom and your stepmom, you know, and, 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 and um, the white family members that you have, like, learned a whole lot about casseroles, you know? <laughs> um, that casserole uh, life. Yeah, you know. Hey, we're busy. It makes life so much easier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, I, I think food is always the, the first big one, right? Mm, Culturally, mm-hmm. like, food is such a staple for different people groups and um, I think that was the first time I really realized, like, I'm stepping into something different here. You know, mm-hmm. going over to dinner, you know, is such a, a nerve-wracking moment um, in a relationship. And then you look down at the food and, like, you don't recognize it. And you're like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, yeah. Um, but thankfully, we grew up We grew up around D.C. Yeah. Um, so we lived in a very diverse area. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't uncommon for a lot of people in high school mm-hmm. to, have inter- to be in to be in an interracial relationship mm-hmm. um it like l- school lunch time mm. in high school 
right? You have kids eating so many different kinds of things besides the gross school lunches. <laughs> um, and so food is a good indicator of culture. Mm -hmm. um, but thankfully, because we both were exposed to such a diverse area, we were open to trying yeah. new yeah, foods and absolutely. we were open to trying new things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even if it was new, that, that didn't change our willingness, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, um, so as we were learning things, it was, it was all largely because we were willing to learn. Um, yeah. It wasn't just being forced mm -hmm. upon us, right? Because we like each other, you know? And so. There are so many parallels, I guess. Like, as I got to know you and your family and your culture um, more, I also learned more about myself. Hmm. So something I would always hmm. notice about you is one of the first things I noticed about you was code switching and how you would code switch even in different classes depending on who the teacher was, yeah. different friend groups. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I finally met your family, like seeing all of those code switchings, and then I realized I also do that, hmm. but I never it was kind of like I never really was self-aware enough to realize I was doing it mm -hmm. or why I was doing it mm -hmm. or what it meant or what it um how it helped other people around me feel comfortable mm -hmm. um so I learned a lot about yeah like like how you were the one to give me the language of biracial like I felt that but I didn't have the words for it yeah. Yeah. um well I mean I think that the the funny thing right the, the cool thing about code switching uh, which some people, there are critics out there of code switching. They think it's, they don't think it's genuine, right? Um, I, I think it's a natural part of, of cultures coming together. You know? mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's, it's, the name is deceiving, right? I mm -hmm. don't think it's so much of a switch. I think it's more of like a fader, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, that, and I think the, the evidence that it's a fader is, was the immersion of three different cultures as we came together, right? As we, mm -hmm. we dated and got engaged and got married, you know? Um, the level of code switching that, that we go through sometimes from um, hanging out with my family to hanging out with your white family to hanging out with your Japanese family, right? Like, I think there's all different levels. And I don't think code switching is, is lacks genuineness, you know? I think, if anything, it's it's me trying to meet people where they're at. It's you being know? multilingual. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's being multilingual without being smart enough to be actually multilingual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Could you guys talk about a little bit, like, because you did go back and forth between two houses. Mm -hmm. Like, wh was it, did it feel like a different experience in one house compared to the other? Or was it kind of like all the same? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it felt different. But for a whole host of reasons. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it was necessarily... I don't think each of your parents' house, so your dad and your stepmom, and then your, your mom and your stepdad, I don't think those houses are different solely because of race, right? Mm -hmm. I think um, there were different discussions had about race in each of those houses, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there were uh, interesting discussions about race that I had with your dad and your stepmom, right, um, earlier on. Um, and then a couple quite a couple of conversations with your with your with your uh, mom and your stepdad, um, and and I think there's a whole host of, of different things. Like, once again, diversity of thought. So yeah. you have different political bends. You have different um, um, convictions religiously and spiritually, and, and so I think those things weighed in more so in those conversations. Um, but I mean, I do remember having pretty like heavy conversations during like police shootings right like when mm -hmm. that was really taking over the media and even though it's been going on for a long time but um trying to um express to your parents like why i was worried you know like why i was scared you mm. know um and then seeing your parents start to soften to that idea when they realize it's not not just this black man that is afraid of the police this is our our son-in-law right yeah. this is this is the 
the the man that's going to be um, the the man that vowed himself to our daughter for life, right? Like mm-hmm. he is worried about his safety in in, in, in the public square, you know, and um, will likely impact our children, you know, and like just our home, right, is impacted by these things that some of them had never thought of. Yeah. Um, and so now I think um, we've given them a stage, we've given them a lens through which to start thinking about certain issues, right? Yeah. As, as our cultures all kind of collide and mix in. Um, so, yeah. And I don't think that was a house-to-house thing. I, I think um, I think both sets of parents um, have adopted a new lens to some degree. Um, but that doesn't mean we're always talking about it. it. Just It's come up a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Beth, for you on the inside, like before you started dating Will, were these things you guys were talking about or was it just like you talked about race, but in a different way? How, yeah. How did your family talk about it? Um, we both did and didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I remember growing up, again, because we lived in such a racially diverse area, mm. race wasn't as taboo a topic. Yeah. Um, like my mom and stepdad kind of um informally adopted um two afghani girls uh, they're older than me and i call them my older sisters because mm-hmm. i grew up with them i met them before i was a teenager and um they've been like my big sisters like helped me through middle school and high school mm-hmm. and what it was like when i was like i think i have a crush on this guy named will and, uh, and <laughs> they were then, there for the whole thing yeah they, they helped me get ready for, prom. for our uh. for prom for homecoming for our wedding yeah, yeah. um all that and so um talking about afghani culture and mm-hmm. um islam and then talking about um asian culture and talking about white culture and this mm-hmm. intersection and in such as diverse a place as DC, mm-hmm. um, we were having these topics and my parents would wonder about other experiences different than their own, um, but it became so much more personal mm-hmm. when Will um, and I got a lot more serious. As you guys are allies to one another, what are ways that you have learned to embrace each other's cultures, like just in your marriage, in your life? How do you do it? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we've talked a lot, um, especially once we got married, about how we want to incorporate certain aspects of culture, right? So mm-hmm. um, even in our apartment, you know, there are certain um, pieces of furniture, right? We have, a, we have this really um, decadent, like, Japanese lamp that a lot of our guests comment on. You it's know? very beautiful. Um, <laughs> and, and there's there's different different um just pieces of decor like different paintings things like that from from different cultures that are represented um and um that was we wanted to put that on display right we wanted that to be a part of what you feel when you come to our home because it's a part of our marriage you know i think one thing that we both value is that we're allies with one another um but we don't appropriate one another's cultures Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um so like I am very strategic about when I let, when or how I let people know that Will is black. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, like when I am spending time with black women and stuff, I'm not just like, oh, hey, by the way, my husband's black. I'm one of you now. Yeah. We're equals. I'm like, yeah. that's not how that works. <laughs> um, but we'll just like talk about different things and. In the same way that I learn about black culture from Will, I can learn about black culture from them. Mm-hmm. And I may also have already been introduced to different things, but that doesn't mean I talk about it like an authority figure. Yeah. Because we both recognize that, like, 
I am an ally to black culture, but I will never be black. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part of Will's experience that I can empathize with and I can appreciate and support, but I will never have mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, and so I think learning about one another's culture, supporting one another as we grow um, and change and adapt and learn new things about our own culture, um, supporting one another in yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I think appropriation is a tricky thing, right? Because yeah. um, people do it accidentally. You know, I really like what your listener said, right? That, mm-hmm. um, the listener that wrote in um, that there are oftentimes you just have to admit what you don't know. Um, because if you don't, right, if you presume things, you can often stumble into sticky situations like appropriation. Mm-hmm. So um, I think one of the coolest things that we tried to implement in our relationship in a, in a spirit of avoiding appropriation. Um, was was being able to just ask questions, yeah. you know, um, that um, th- there was a while when we were dating, right, where I used to tease her about things, about black culture that she didn't know. Oh, um, that was so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and at one point she like, that, you, you very literally came up to me and you were like, hey, that's not fair. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn and you're teasing me for trying to learn. And you're discouraging the process of me learning these things about you. And, like, I want you... Like, we were trying to learn about each other, you know. And um, I realized the hypocrisy that I was putting forward there. Like, mm-hmm. I was being a big hypocrite. That I was I was asking her to, to look into my world mm-hmm. and then, like, shoving her out at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so we, just, we tried to be real, you know, especially throughout engagement as we started spending more time with each other's families. Like, going up to Philadelphia to see some of your Japanese family, you know, you're like, hey, like, if you have questions, ask questions, you know, and we would do debriefs on car rides back and forth. <laughs> yes. right? Okay, what yeah. was this? How does this work, you know? And, yeah. Um, and I don't want to neglect the, your white family members, you know, like, I think there are even situations like doing Christmas with your mom and your stepdad, right, where um, yeah, you guys went all out for Christmas and, and mm-hmm. lots of Christmas traditions that I wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt the freedom to ask questions, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I think your family sees that we have that freedom, and then they get to that get that freedom as well. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think being able to admit that we don't know um, in our marriage a lot, you know, and teach mm-hmm. each other about things, you know, um, teach um, each other about history, teach each other about cultural artifacts, teach each other about all sorts of cool little nuances, you know, mm-hmm. um, just from being honest enough to say, I don't know. And in that, you guys have a very healthy relationship, mm-hmm. and I think you're very open to your friends and to people have people asked you questions about being an interracial couple like or would you even be open to that because i've seen kind of what you were saying will especially on social media where minority cultures will want they're like understand us but then when somebody tries or does ask questions they're like go go to google find out like (laughs) we want you to know but we don't want to tell you like have you guys received those questions are you open to sharing those experiences are you more guarded because you want to like figure it out internally first before sharing with the world um i I think we we've been more open with closer friends uh i my twitter presence has has fallen off since i was since i started law school (laughs) Um, but back in the day right back in college um i had a pretty strong twitter presence and um I remember getting like some DMs, right, right when the the um, police shootings really started to pick up in in the media, and uh, of just friends that I would now consider allies at the time, mm-hmm. like they were just acquaintances, you know, um, that really wanted to know, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think um, we've had other friends. Um, uh, I'm thinking of one of my 
good friends from college and, and his um, girlfriend who are in an interracial relationship, right? And he's hitting me up. He's like, hey, man, like, I don't know how this works. Like, yeah. blah, like, is it weird that I'm nervous about these things, you know? And um, so I think we've been... I, at least I personally um, have been more open to questions with those I'm close with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really get contact from like strangers as much as, as I used to, um, but I'd be open to it, you know. Um, it, it's, it is very vulnerable though. It can be hard mm-hmm. sometimes. It is. And where we're at in marriage, keep in mind listeners, we've only been married nine months, yeah, we so are we're not, not marriage, marriage experts. experts. <laughs> right. I, I think um, we, we've just been, we've been an interracial couple for a little while. Yeah, we've been mm-hmm. an interracial couple for nine years, but we've been a married couple for nine months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think just the way that we've chosen to structure our marriage is you don't expose your weak points. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're learning something and if we have learned something, then we'll be like, hey, like we learned this, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what we're still learning and processing, sometimes we'll give status updates to our really close friends, but I'm not going to broadcast that in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I just i'm a very internal processor anyway and mm-hmm. so i don't like giving unfinished thoughts um especially because <laughs> for better or worse, for better or worse. <laughs> um but i also just think that's what media does a lot or like social media does it's yeah. just people like thinking out loud and then True. i'm like but i don't know where you landed mm-hmm. um and so i think like where you land and what you decide on is a lot more important um about represent is it's just more of a definite representation of yourself Mm -hmm. but i think the process is also important Mm -hmm. um so we just don't typically process hard things out loud for the general public Mm -hmm. um that's just more for our our close friends yeah awesome but yeah we're open to those questions um Mm -hmm. we're open to things i just think interracial relationships are very context specific in the same Mm. way that you and i talk about the multiracial experience doesn't look one way so if someone were to ask me a question i would rather spend time like hey like what's your experience in an interracial relationship i'd say hey this is my experience um but what's your experience what are your set of circumstances like what does this look like for you Mm -hmm. and as a a (laughs) disclaimer right like we we would we love having discussions right mm-hmm. um, we're not we're not trying to offer answers like well, we ain't jesus like we, <laughs> we don't got that for you uh, so like i i think i think you you you, you nailed it babe, right like I, I think there's so much to be said about hey this has been our experience mm-hmm. you know um, take care of, take it or leave it um your experience will likely be different but here's some wisdom from from the angle that we've experienced um and and uh and hopefully that can help you know? Yeah, and um, the, most of the time in, in conversations we've had, the the biggest takeaway is is never that's exactly what I'm do, going through. Thank you so much, and they <laughs> run away and like like push play. I think most of the time they're like, "Wow, we're not alone." Mm-hmm. You know um, um, that we find other interracial couples and we can talk about like those moments that we've all been through as an interracial couple, right? Where like the waiter thinks you want separate checks or like weird yeah. <laughs> weird like microaggressions like things like that you know yeah. um, um and, and then we can all kind of like laugh and say like, wow like good to know that we're not the only couple that went through those things you know mm-hmm. um, so answers aren't always the goal sometimes the discussion is the goal so. oh, 
Well, this has been such a lovely discussion. Yeah. Thank you both for being so open and just sharing your experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. I knew what we were doing coming in, but I got so much of it going out. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope you did too, listeners. So since we have the pleasure of Will being here, Will, why don't you give us our question of the week? Awesome. So listeners, we want to know what the most surprising thing that you have learned from your interracial relationships. And that's not just romantic interracial relationships. That's friendships, family, um, co-workers, maybe. Um, yeah, let us know um, what, what surprising things have you learned. Yeah, we want to know, so let's talk about it together. And you can do that by emailing us at wearebothand at gmail.com or tweet us at wearebothand. We also like to give a huge shout out to Keycentric for doing our music. You can follow him on SoundCloud or give him a listen on Spotify. And Skip Scum Productions was the wonderful designer of our logo. So for more content, make sure you subscribe to our podcast page on iTunes. We're on iTunes now or Google Play uh, by following both and podcasts. Until next time.